Well, I still say you do a you do you do a show where it's a behind the scenes. It's all like a show that's like where it takes place behind the scenes of a show within the show, and the show within the show is all about President. Who's the one that did do Grover Cleveland? Shows all about like the life and times of President Grover Cleveland, the only one to serve non-consecutive terms. Yeah. <laughs> Except the role of Grover Cleveland is played by Boba Fett in like the full Boba Fett outfit. You know, like that's who he really is. The actor playing him is Boba Fett. Like Boba Fett has gotten a job being in this movie about uh, Grover Cleveland. And so they've got like the old timey tuxedo <laughs> and top hat and everything on top of the Boba Fett armor. And it's all just a behind the scenes. Like, but the making of this show about Grover Cleveland starring Boba Fett. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, Obscurials of all shapes and flavors. You're listening to the, the Nerd, Nerd Obscurial Podcast. Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you via satellite, live from the scene, it's the Oklahoma Kid. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Eric. Oklahoma Kid here, live from the scene. So we're on episode three of this season. The topic is um, basically doing a whole television, not even television station, television network. No, like a what would cable you call package, Comcast or Dish, cable or package, a cable package, right? Uh-huh. Set in the Star Wars universe. I feel like all of that should have just been cut. That was awkward as shit. <laughs> well, it won't be now. Meow. <laughs> Oklahoma, how have you fed your obscurial lately? Since the last time we talked, I watched Obi-Wan. Oh, nice. So that was pretty awesome. Right, but that wasn't uh, contemporaneous with its release. No, we waited, right. to, we waited to binge. Right. My wife, my wife wanted to wait to binge. Right. So we waited until all six were out. Sure. Very apropos. We saw Nope. Nice. That was really good. And then it was kind of okay. And then it got pretty good again. Interesting. Uh, but it was, you know, definitely very interesting. And like, you know, I respect you, you take a big swing. You swing for the fences, so it's like, respect, but that means you don't always hit. And this movie was like, uh, nope's like he was really swinging for the fences. He ended up with a stand-up double. You know, I think it's such a hard place that Jordan Peele is in. I think it's something that he got to where he is because he kept taking really big swings, and he's really connected pretty hard on them and yeah sometimes you're just getting it in the field of play sometimes it's not always a grand slam yeah you know i think as well a little bit risky because he was it goes into sci-fi a little Mm -hmm. bit more right yes yes it does so that's a different genre and a different beast Mm -hmm. kind of a different 
fan base as well. It's one of those funny things where it's like you understand that the artist would want to go into these different kind of realms and stuff. But, you know, like famously, uh, Neil Young got a bunch of uh, legal issues with his label because he came out with like a rockabilly album. Oh, and this was in response to the fact that he tried to do some more like Brian Eno experimental kind of more electronic kind of shit. Yeah. And his label was like, okay, give us a fucking rock album. Like, cut that stiff. That's not how you got famous. And so he came out with a rockabilly album to piss him off. (laughs) But sometimes it's hard to say, like, between, like, it's fucked up to have the expectation to tell an artist, stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. But also, like, you're really good at this one genre. Why are you trying to muddy it by going into a different genre that has a whole different fan base, has a whole different, has a whole bunch of baggage behind it? that your current audience who are horror based yeah aren't necessarily going to follow you follow you for i haven't seen it is it is still a scary movie it still has the horror elements yes i don't want to give too much away but yes it is this is not et this is for sure for sure this is definitely a dark movie it's like no pun intended alien is a horror movie yes i I will fight anybody who says it is not that might be giving a little bit away, but yes. That there's an alien in the <laughs> well, I mean, sci-fi I don't know what, horror I don't know what, I don't know what people are kind of expecting, but I, I, I just didn't want to give away. But spoiler alert, it is about, yeah, it's the humans are being uh, hunted, right. basically. It's about a, uh, you know, it's not like a intelligent race coming to try and invade us and take over. This is, it's, this is um, dangerous, wild creatures coming after us. But I don't want to give too much away other than that. I got to say that actually he 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 landed that part. The um bringing it into sci-fi and then but making it still feel horror and that that was not the part. There's just um the middle act goes off on kind of a tangent with like a whole nother character and kind of gets into this whole side story that's like both weird and kind of a heavy-handed way of 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 reinforcing the theme. But he still he still managed to land it. It's still it 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 is good in the end. Well, why don't we get to a lightning round then? Soup zombie. Soup zombie. Okay, welcome back. Lightning round time. Was I the winner last week? More or less. More or I think less. we'll go ahead and say that. <laughs> so, question number one. The Immaculate Infection. According to an article in the New York Post on August 12th, 2022, Alexander Herbuska, a 39-year-old mother from Las Vegas, claims that God gave her what disease as a wake-up call to her life around her life? Was it herpes or monkeypox? Herpes seems... Too obvious. Monkeypox seems too on the nose. I'm gonna say monkeypox. It was herpes. It was herpes. And she started a life with herpes blog or whatever. Oh, good for her. I guess maybe. Yeah, I think it's just funny that she said it came from God. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, a Clockwork Orange is the new black. So is this a quote from A Clockwork Orange or from Orange is the New Black? I am not crazy. I am unique. Orange is the new black. Correct. Number three, Roman holiday pita edition. So this is an either, neither, or both. All right. And this would be an ancient Rome. Mm-hmm. 
festival right. or holiday. Your first option is Perilia, a pastoral festival on April 21st, where shepherds would jump through the flames of a bonfire while dragging their sheep along in order to purify the sheep in celebration of Pales, the goddess of the herd, or B, Robigalia, an agrarian festival on April 25th in order to avert Robagus, Robagus, sorry for the pronunciation, the god of rust blight and high heat during the growing season. Its main ritual was the sacrifice of an unweaned canine puppy. Both. And it is both. Two for one. So number four, Maya Alba be dropping. The number one hit record in 1975, a Stevie Wonder production, was written in order to distract comedian Maya Rudolph as a toddler while she played in the studio. Was it Loving You or Isn't She Lovely? Isn't She Lovely. It's Loving You. Number five, an oldie but a goodie, Up in Smoke. All right. Is this a weed strain or is this a, a marijuana strain? Excuse me. Sorry for the... Uh, yes, anybody, antiquated vernacular. Anybody who thought we were going to be talking about like star thistle, sorry to you guys. Is this a marijuana strain or is this a barbecue, barbecue product? Yeah, barbecue product, product barbecue sauce, sauce rub. rub, yada yada yada. Frosted hog, and this is an either neither both. Both. It is only a marijuana. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I, I still would have been down, and I could not find frosted hog yeah. as a barbecue. See? rub or sauce i already told oklahoma off mic that in a previous lightning round he did basically a little mini lightning round it was a lightning lightning round round right you're well uh, thank you how i met your mother and so he had like a mini rundown and like if you got so many right you would get the point you swept it but it was in like the easiest category possible so this is a similar one. Uh, I have five sub questions All right. for this one, and it's uh, best of five. So this one I'm just calling, and I don't got anything clever for it. I'm just calling this one Car Talk. Car Talk. I'm going to give you a list of different acronyms. Mm. I'll give you a choice of two possibilities of what that acronym is, uh-huh. and then you have to choose which one it is. So CVT is that continuously variable transmission or constant velocity transfer velocity transfer incorrect it is continuously variable transmission pcv Mm. is that positive crankcase valve or pneumatic circulation valve second one it is positive crankcase valve dpf diesel particulate filter or direct pressure float Second one. It's diesel particulate. All right. LSD, lateral spark diaphragm or limited slip differential? Differential. Correct. TDC, top dead center or torque distributor coil? Distributor coil. It's top dead center. Whenever you're ready. Hit me. Question one. As always, we start things off with the category of Spock said to lock down Dr. Zock's rock, Sherlock. I have a list of quotes. They come from sources including Star Trek's Mr. Spock, philosopher John Locke, comedian Chris Rock, actor Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jim Henson television series Fraggle Rock, the movie The Rock starring Nicolas Cage, Can't Cage the Rage, the character of Sherlock Holmes as played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the series Sherlock, Oceanic Explorer Jacques Cousteau, or the long-running BBC sci-fi series Doctor Who, and this would be from the ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, on. I'm going to give you two of these possible sources, so I'll narrow it down for you. You have to tell me which of these two is the source of the quote. So here we go. So is this a quote from Jacques Cousteau or Dwayne The Rock Johnson? People protect what they love. People protect what they love. 
This is a hard one because I feel like it could be a red herring. It feels like if it was Jacques though, it would be more animals talking about protecting things they love. I'm still going to go with Jacques though. Correct. It was him talking about his love for ocean preservation. Question This is in the ring or on the range. As with the rest of these categories, I'm going to give you a name. In this case, this name belongs to either a Old West cowboy or a professional wrestler. And that is the, to be clear, the ring name or or performing name of the wrestler. So in this case, The Rock would qualify. Dwayne Johnson would not. So for the point, is this a cowboy or a wrestler? Johnny behind the deuce. Cowboy. Correct. Next category is Hippogriff or Honky Gringo. In this case, the name here is either going to apply to a species of magical beast, as described in the creative works of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, or it is a slang term for a demographic of white people. And to be clear, the slang term does not necessarily have to be derogatory, and it also does not necessarily have to be used by non-white people exclusively. For the point, Barang. B-A-R-A-N-G. Slur. Correct. This category is Teenage Mutant Gnarly Thrashers. And this is going to be a this, that, or both category. This name could be a character from Marvel Comics, particularly X-Men Comics, who possesses the X gene and thus has mutant powers. Or it could be a metal band of some sort. Uh, Any various subgenre of metal was fair game. And as I said, it could also be both. And just to be clear, for the band to qualify, because just about anything has been some person's band's name at some point, somewhere, this had to be a band that had some sort of presence. Uh, they had to have albums out or, or tours, shows being played. They couldn't just be someone throwing a random song up on SoundCloud. They had to be a little more substantial than that. So, this week, your question is, Shadow Side. Uh, it just sounds like a Marvel character. No. Okay. They are a power metal band from Santos, Brazil. Up next is Horseplay Wiki Edition. So, in this category, the name will either be of a racehorse or a Broadway play. But, again, much like the metal bands, both of those could be pretty wide-open categories of uh, all kinds of things being in there uh, over the course of time. So, to narrow it down a little bit, make it a little more fair, this is the Wiki Edition. So, Wikipedia has a list of notable racehorses. So, if it's a horse, it will be drawn from that list. And keep in mind, it could be notable for being good, for being bad, or for some sort of historical context that has nothing to do with the horse's performance. And if it's a play, it is coming from the Wikipedia list of longest or shortest running Broadway plays. So, is this a horse or a play? Might and power. It sounds so obviously like a horse. I'm just going to say horse. Correct. It's a Ah. great horse. And of course, we bring it home with anime or may not. All you gotta do is tell me, is this name the real title of a anime movie or TV series? Or is it just some crazy gibberish I made the fuck up? Here we go. Sword Art Online Alternative Gun Gale Online. Fuck me. I'm gonna have to say anime just because... Correct. Okay. That is a... It is, it is, it is so ridiculous 
that you have to assume that it is because like it would be you as a you as cr a creator of that name would be like oh no this is too cartoonish like i, I can't do that i'm too obvious mm -hmm. here if i'm gonna do it that way that's that's the fun thing i discovered once i dug into this category i'm yeah. like oh no. i can just go batshit what i what Internet i put as a face twice there and never correctly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Let's get a break here, and then we will be back with Master the domain. Master of this domain. Yeah, Soup Zombie. We're back. The master of this domain. That is the correct title okay. of the segment, yes. As always, I have a, a URL, a website address, a blank, 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 dot com that uh, I went looking for on the internet and could not find. So the question is, what should be at this dot com? We had honky motherfucker, and we had full tilt, full throttle honky. This week we're going with you won white ass honky. Okay. You won white ass honky. Dot net. Or dot com. Or dot com. I, I want to see I, maybe dot gov. Okay, so this one especially. <laughs> I think, I think the, the, what we could really use is dot gov. This one especially because of the phrasing of it and all that kind of stuff. I don't know how comfortable I feel being the CEO. It seems a little racist with the one honky at. Like, it, it's very problematic. It's very problematic. Me as a white man having a you one honky ass. You one white ass white honky. Ass so there's that side of it. I think what would be fun though. Okay, so if I'm going to be a part of it, if there isn't that like racial aspect aspect of it for mm -hmm. me, because there's, what if it was like actually like white Canadian snogies? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? You one white ass honky, like showing off like beautiful pictures of uh, white Canadian geese. Oh, geese. Geese. Oh. Snow geese. Because they're honking. Because yeah. they honk. Yeah, they honk. So you have, it's like a, a admiration site for, uh, for snow geese. Nice. That would be fun. Yeah. And that would be something I would be able to do. So if we get some, if we're just outsourcing this to some proper creators who are people of color, who would not be seen as racist for them to be doing something like that. Call us Ryan Coogler. If that was being passed along and we're using it not as a little fun, little pun dad mm -hmm. joke, which is kind of that angle. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be definitely a big aspect of, like, Karen exposure, I would think. Some instances of white people being kind of problematic, mm -hmm. you know, like, or just, like, not being latently racist. Right. If they aren't being overtly racist. Right. I don't see a lot of fun in that, though. At Oklahoma, what do you got? Save me. What do you think would be good for this? I, I have two ideas. At one point in the early 2000s, Someone, or possibly multiple someones, I don't, I don't remember the exact structure, if it was something that everybody would contribute to, but for a marvelous time on the internet, there was a website, Chuck Norris Facts, I think is what it was called, where it was all just facts about Chuck Norris, and it was all stuff like, 
On the first day, God said, let there be light. And Chuck Norris said, I'll think about it, bitch. Um, or one time Chuck Norris roundhouse kicked so fast it spun, went all the way around the world and hit him in the back of the head. Right. You know. Underneath his chin is another fist. Uh, I think my personal favorite was uh, Chuck Norris does not die. Death. Chuck Norris's. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's that's a good one, one of the best. That's one of the best one of the best by far. So it would be kind of something like that? So it would be kind of something like that with you one white ass honky. And it would, it's a weird, and speaking of honkies, it would almost be kind of like, so it would be a collection of, it, almost like you, you might be a redneck if, but by other people. Right. So like he is like from the inside perspective of, you know, Jeff Foxworth, these old, you, if you got this, you might be a redneck. Um, he's doing that all from the perspective of like, hey, we're the rednecks. Okay. Uh, my first thought is something where, other, where like get other people to come in and be like, if you can see the mayonnaise in your sandwich, you want white ass honky. That kind of stuff. Just like all the stereotypes. <laughs> Just bringing out all the things, like a, com- a compendium of all the little things that other, that other people of other ethnicities look at white people and are just like, really? Like, not the big stuff. Not like, why are you guys so racist? Like, we know that. This would be something fun. And it would be just like, all those little things that it's like, you know, if we didn't have this huge issue of like, all the racism and hate going on to deal with, this would be the stuff we'd be talking about with like, what's the deal with white people? The other thing that I thought would be fun sure. for you, you one white ass honky. Every like month or maybe every week, I don't know, it depends on how well you could get this and how many people went, you know, how, how fast things turned around on this. But at a certain interview, interview, interval, interval, that's the word. At a certain interval, you would release a soundless clip and people could submit them if they wanted to. You know, you could submit your own clips of white people dancing very whitely. And then it's like a challenge. People come to the website, you download the video and every people try and put get the best music to set that one too. Uh, so okay. people could submit, you'd, you'd, you'd host the video with no sound and people, people would then re, would submit back that video with their pick for what the, what the audio should be yeah. on it. Like what, what music do they put to this, this person doing an awkward dance, this awkward white dance, or like a wedding. I'm picturing like uncles, drunk uncles at weddings and shit, nice. you know, yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of thing, you know, it's very, what's so, if we want to think about this like real world kind of thing, that is one's very easy to monetize because then you get them, you go like the American Idol model. Text so many times, like you know, you you oh. you you were able to like say, hell, you know, you do this so many times, and then you're able to like make money off of that. That's it. Oh, easy. see, I never I never bring monetization into the consideration. Right. This is all art. Like this is the idea of like. I approach it more like this is the idea like we get a real budget if we hit like Joe Rogan level and had like all this crazy resources like you would go and we would get all these websites like this is yeah, this these yeah. are websites like my scenario is not like oh how could we make this and then monetize it my scenario is we're rich and can do whatever the fuck we want how do we how what do we do with these things just for the fun of it and for like as part of our brand as part of the you know these are just fun fun uh easter eggs for the nerd obscurial fans is like hey if you go to this website it's actually there kind of thing like and it would just be something fun that would be part of the whole gadzooks and nerd family what about pale shaming because that feels like that's a part of this as well. Like pictures at the beach, someone who's like super pale. Oh, like should this be a defensive Jim Gaffigan website? Right, exactly. Very Team Coco. But Topical. it feels like there that would be definitely a, a part that could be in this of like you want to ask white honky, you know, like you're, you're, everyone else is tan around you and you're just 
Because it feels a little mean and vicious. Oh, I thought you meant it, it would be like a whole website geared towards like trying to like be in defense of like pale people. Like it would be a website of like celebrating pale people. Oh. Like, hey, it's okay that you don't tan, you tur- you burn. Like, so, like look, some people, some people are just white ass honkies. They're automatically like taking back the oppressor's language, like before even getting oppressed. Like, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they're just jumping right on it. They're getting ahead of the game. We basically just spitball. We never come up with like a real good. This is what it has to be. I think we try, but it's never, mm-hmm. never really. I mean, it's here. not like a thing where we declare a winner. No. Yeah, exactly. I do want to point out though. uh, it would be amazing if someone went out and did some of these. Cats on Mjolnir, Mice on Cocaine, and Honky Had It Coming are all trademark, TM, copyright, little little R in the circle, little C in the circle, uh, Nerd Obscurial, and Gadzooks, a nerd.com. Do not try and do those. We will send Brig Pretzel after you. That's real? Or... Yeah, no, I'm actually planning on doing those ones. Planning on, but you don't yes. really have. Yes, they're not up yet. You don't have any trademarks or anything. I mean, I don't, and no, I've not actually have filed any, any patents. No, but uh, if you say it on, if you say it, if you say it, then it's like that. You know, stamps it. It's like mailing it. It's like when you mail something to yourself. Like I said, given enough time and given given the time and resources, I will make all these websites. Well, I think we have some good starts there. I don't know if. If I kept like spitballing, if I'd come up with anything better than what we've already come up with, I do like the dance thing. I do think that like if you, especially if you think about like the Napoleon Dynamite kind of thing, you know, where like that dance would have been awkward as shit, and that was the whole thing of that movie is like the Idaho awkward, weird. But then you put that music that to it. song, yeah. That thing would be fucking weird as shit. But with the song, it's like, this is fucking badass. You know, like with the song and, and the cuts too, the editing. So if like taking some people doing some white ass fucking song, the dancing and shit and doing some like cool music behind it with some cool editing to like make it look really slick and good. Like that would probably be... Yeah. That would be the that's, site that I like would actually go to. That would actually be a site that I would frequent and be like, that's cool. Yeah, you that's know? that's the challenge is take this clip of this person doing like kind of this awkward white guy, I don't got rhythm dance, and like find the music and the editing that like with, with that, makes it makes it fun. Title, it you has know, not mocking them. The but, kind of like pimp this ride kind of thing. Where it's like, he's so honky, I got to help him out. Exactly. You know, he's so white and honky, I got to help him out by doing this thing over here mm-hmm. to make it unhonkified. Exactly. And I, I think that's the most fun of the options we've had so far. But, you know, I guess a little bit with the title. It's always so hard with the title because, you know, you can attract everybody. So it's like, how yeah. base do you make it? How niche do you make it? Like, where, where should we be with that? I think that's for, like, that's the sophisticated audience that you have to know, okay, this is the title, but this is what we're actually doing. Mm. Like, we're not feeding into what your yeah, first that is, response will be this, for this. This theme, this, this season's theme does have a, uh, a lot of potential to attract the wrong people initially who are just Google searching these phrases. Right. Yes. Um... <laughs> The bold choice of having Honky be, and I think we've addressed already in episode one, but yeah, a lot of white supremacy, probably unsavory, unsavory figures could potentially be going to a I lot think, of these sites. I think you're going to see it's all worth it. It's okay. going to be all, well, 
Let me rephrase that. White power is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me clarify. Let me clarify. <laughs> I think I think the journey through <laughs> these names. I didn't put it to do together about that yet, but yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I think the journey we will take through these this set of domain names, yes. where we start and where we there's end the season. There's going to be a payoff. There's yes. There's going to be a payoff. It's a better way of saying exactly. That. Yes, I'm I'm building up to something. And I think you're going to like it. I think you'll be... I think Hitler said a very similar thing. <laughs> and on that note... First once off... You, once you drop the H card... <laughs> uh, the first H off, bomb. <laughs> Why is it called that? Drop an H bomb. Drop an H bomb. But first off, we would like to apologize to uh, Luke Warm for impugning his classic film, I'm Building Up to Something. I think you're going to like it in the end. That is a, a masterpiece that we should not be impugning. That's true. And, uh, and That's secondly, true. yeah, Hitler probably did say that. <laughs> well, um, I think once we, we pull that card, we just need to walk away. There's, it's hard to, it's hard to go from there. It's hard no to go, to go from, there. from there. Let's get a break, and we'll be back with the tight five. Soup song? Soup song. Welcome back. We moved on to the type five now. Type right? five. So, um, and this one, yeah, is going to definitely be discretionary. I don't know. I don't know. I may have to call this one back in veto because it's it's a real groaner. It's I don't do a lot of like wordplay kind of stuff, but it's it's borderline dad joke. But so we're just going to go for it. So I had this experience the other day where I was looking at this guy and I just really wanted to punch him in the face. And it was very confusing to me because I'm not like a really aggressive person. I'm not like a big gym testosterone likes to fight guy, you know, but there was just something about the look of this person that really made me just every time I looked at them, I wanted to punch them as hard as I can. And it was very confusing. And it's got me wondering, like, am I bi furious? And that's the joke. Puns. Puns. Haven't done any puns. Okay, and then this is one that's like of the same realm. And like, so this is one that I think is like you're writing it for somebody. Cause I see in someone like Bill Burr, who's already kind of like curmudgeon-y or whatever, like it would work and it would be funny. I think coming like in my voice, I just sound like cranky and maybe borderline homophobic. Coming in my voice direct to battle point. Let's just pour on. <laughs> so the, the you know, that being a pun of on the term bi-curious. Yes. And I feel like that's a hat on a hat. You know what I mean? Like when you're bisexual, that, that's someone who really can sit on a fence. <laughs> you know, like being bisexual, men or women, you're already kind of seeing, sitting on a fence. But, you know, to each their own. God bless you. I, I don't got a problem with that. But just like not knowing if you like both is too much on top of each other. It's a hat on a hat. I don't know if that's worth anything either. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I feel like it's some kind of like Bill Burr angry kind of comic could deliver that in a funny manner. Wait, is, is talking about it as a hat on a hat, is that part of the joke? Or, would, or is that you talking to me describing how this joke works? 
Like, would the comedian on stage it's be like, saying that it's like a hat on a hat? It's no, I don't think that's that would be. Or was it. that like? Stage I think it's direction? like the like the anger and the fact of like the sitting on the fence idea, and then being by curious. Like you're you're already sitting on one fence, and then you're gonna have a fence above that fence that you're also gonna sit on top of. You know? I guess so. Right. That's what the hat on the hat kind of means. It's shorthand for the concept. A fence on a fence I didn't think of until like in the moment and uh right. I get what is, you're saying. it's kind of decent. But you know, it feels kind of curmudgeon y and like I said, borderline in the wrong voice it could sound borderline homophobic. So that is not our so intention, not, folks. Not Dave Chappelle. So not Dave Chappelle. Although, you know, he sold a lot of fucking <laughs> you made a lot of money with all of that nonsense. You got a lot of shit for sure, but it didn't really hurt his career, did it? Dude, a little bit of controversy like that is the best thing that can happen to it. No such thing as bad press. Charlie Sheen's publicist's last words. <laughs> now there's a side five. What I do wonder if some of like the interchange bit, like, okay, frankly, if the stars aligned and I was going to be doing like stage comedy, I would love to do a duo act. And like they do like stage comedy with duo acts in England and stuff like that. They don't really do it here in the state. But I love banter between two people and just like hitting off each other. That's why like I was down for this idea of this podcast in the first place. Uh, it soups on people. So we're back. We are in third installment of... You, you call it channel surfing in channel a galaxy surfing far, far away. In a galaxy far, far away. And so my choice, I want to say DIY is kind of a feel behind it. There's also definitely like a food networky kind of feel behind it. And then the incorporation maybe? of yours would be like the science of like lightsabers and mm -hmm. like other stuff like that. Just like how things work, you know, like just people who are out there, like I say, DIYing stuff, like doing stuff. I always thought it was really cool. There are the scenes where like Chewie has got like the little welding gear on mm -hmm. and they're like doing up the ship and stuff like that. And then so what would be and one thing that i did mention about the whole idea of the channel surfing kind of mm. thing is that like like give a few shows as an example you know like show that it's more than just a clever idea that you actually would get programming out of it so for me the first show that i really would want to see would be uh pelimoto the mechanic friend in uh the mandalorian show Played by Amy Sedaris. I really enjoyed like her fixing up what was Anakin's Naboo spaceship, right? Basically, that's well, I, the, I mean, it's the same style. Same it's the type. same. It's the I assumption. Whether or not that's the actual one, Anakin it was flew the, or it not. It was the Easter egg. I love like the work they put into it. They had a great whole scene and montage yeah. in the show. So I would love. And actually, off mic, I was telling you about this cat, the very popular YouTube mechanic. And you know, um, well, I, I I like like that stint as well. And these are almost different shows or whatever. But like that stint of like 
talking about how, oh, the the way that the X-Wing is better than the B-Wing. You know, when they do the whole thing to go towards mm. uh, the Death Star. There's all these different kind of ships yeah. and stuff and like clarifying why, okay, this one's superior, but this one, okay, the B-Wing actually has this purpose and it can mm. do this kind of thing. Like breaking down the different models of cars or vehicles and stuff right. like that. I feel like her character though would be more of the like another YouTuber, Eric the Car Guy, where it's like breaking down an actual system within the vehicle itself. It would know? be a how-to show. It would be a exactly. follow-along. A DIY. Do it yeah. yourself. You know she, what I mean? It, it would teach you how to fix up starships. Exactly. And speeders and whatnot mm-hmm. on her show. Right. Like uh, this old house, but for, for spaceship mechanics. Yes. Like where he was like, hey, I'm going to do this work and you're going to see how it's done. And I enjoy those kind of shows. I love that she called that the Naboo. She's like, it's a classic. I love the idea of like, the, the, it, it would be true though. There would be classic space Ships. There would be like hoopty wagon spaceships. There would yeah. be ones that are just absolutely about to break off. And then there's like, oh, they took this from like how many ever years ago and really souped it up and exactly. put a bunch of money into it and right. made it really, yeah. really cool. You know, I don't know if I'd want a pimp my ride <laughs> situation, but um, there's definitely, that's definitely the wheelhouse. Can it be like a tool time kind of vibe? Tool time. From uh, Tim Allen's Home Improvement. The, the second choice I want to have would be, there's a show, a Food Network show called Good Eats. Alton right. Brown is the host of it. And what I I love that show so much, and I'm like a huge fan of it, is that there's like a lot of like breakdown of it's the DIY kind of stuff. Like this is how it's done. Like, okay, you're cooking a piece of meat. This is how it's cooked. This is you know all of the mm-hmm. science behind it. This is you know like yeah, my bro- my brother's a big fan. Right. So you know what I'm saying. Like he he puts a lot of the actual like, like technical building blocks, technical. Like he actually gets into the the nitty gritties of that. I gotta believe in this universe where you're eating different foods and stuff like that, there's gotta be different tricks and cooking styles and stuff like that. It's not as simple as just all putting it on the stove and boiling water and then having it come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like a show that would go through all of that nuance would be amazing to me. Like I would watch that shit up and down. Like how the cooking changes depending on like what the physical qualities of the planet you're on are. Like atmosphere being like, cause the whole thing like, I mean, that's another you, you change you change altitude and like how you have right. to cook stuff kind of starts to change now you're talking about like being different planets where like the atmospheres are different and but the gravities a, are different but that's a different level that's a whole like maybe a whole episode or something like that i'm more talking about like you think about an egg and how that changes things in a recipe right mm-hmm. like and the idea like tempering an egg that you have to sometimes introduce a little bit of the hot liquid to the egg so it doesn't become scrambled eggs and this is emulsifier that yes. you can actually so like that's just an egg that doesn't count all the other planetary stuff and all the different options you can have all the different like okay if you do this wrong like the the sushi where like if you cut it the wrong way you'll poison it oh, yeah, like, yeah. there's got to be a ton of shit like that where it's like okay if you don't do this just right you will die so like, i need to really okay. give you some expertise I, out here I not even like the differences between planet but like each food, food from that planet and the potential mind ground and the, all the little nerd stuff of like okay then also this is why maybe you from this planet is going to like this food from this planet. It's going to explain to you why, okay, well, like, they were born under these different conditions on this planet. They're more sulfur-rich, and you're not going to like this food, so go towards this food. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of cool, interesting, explaining the science kind of stuff there. 
So that would be like a second programming on that show, like all encompassing DIY. And I don't even know if DIY is kind of the Home and the Garden, premise. maybe. Maybe it's Home and Garden, but here's then here's my third show that I want to see. And that maybe it maybe messes up everything. I want to see a Star Wars Caesar Milano dog whisperer style thing, but with intergalactic pets. You know, you got you got your um Raincore walkers mm. now from the book of Bubba Fett. We yep. know that there's Danny people who ride them around. But oh so and you know my tenderness for this species. A fucking dog whisper a Tauntaun dude. Yeah. Oh man, I would go nuts. Like I love Tauntauns. I don't mm. know what it is about them. I don't. But they are like my favorite. I think they're so cool for some reason. Mm. So having like actually there's a moment in Empire where like Luke is being very sweet and tender and loving to the Tauntaun as well. And so you do understand that this would be like a like a horse yeah, or a camel exactly. or something like that. That there would be these people out there who would have this like tenderness and really know how to take care of them and like all the things to make them and so yeah a show defining all of that to have like a, a pet whisperer kind of show so yeah that would be like the big three of the like I, and i don't even know there you understand that there is like a yeah. there is a common thread there there is a kind of like take care of your own stuff diy i don't know mm-hmm. what it's exactly but that would... I think there is... Uh, there probably is something called the DIY channel. Oh, I'm no, sure for sure a... there is. I don't know if it would incorporate all three worlds that right. I just described. Oh, I'll you just it. saw Obi-Wan, though, uh, speaking of going back to the mm-hmm. Good Eats thing. He's cutting, cutting that the meat. meat. Yeah. And, like, that's his job, you know? And yep. so, like, there would be programming to, like, tell the story of, okay, how this meat came to be and where it comes from and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And to bring something from your side that you had to abandon dude love like a lightsaber science explanation that would be more like towards the mechanics side of stuff stuff like that yeah the science mechanics of like lightsabers as well as like of machines and stuff like that is that too much is that adding too much into one it would seem it seemed to me that it was like actually the more like defined the channel was where you tried to be like very specifically like it's the it's the this channel yeah it became it really would seem more like you'd be you'd be going towards like the one note joke yeah. like i was thinking like you do the where it's the it's uh, i thought about you know just the food network i'm like oh you do it's the food network so it's like so what would be your things you'd have like a thing where they're like, you know, basically like you said, I mean, that would be the three things. You'd have a how-to cooking show, mm-hmm. you know, where they actually show you to the recipe. You'd have like an Alton Brown thing where they go into like the about the thing. Why, yeah. And you'd have Guy Fieri. Yeah. So it's like, that would basically be your thing. It's like but cooking channel. Be- it's like, it's like you do Guy Fieri, but in Star Wars. And then you do... Elton Brown, but in Star Wars, and I felt like the more vague you make the channel, the more kind of a bigger catch-all it is, the more you can kind of think of, like, what kind of stories can fit into this area. I I realize, though, when it comes down to it, though, with, like, mechanic stuff, Uh. with the Elton Brown in particular, because food can go a lot of ways, how things work Mm. channel. That's what there I want. It's that's it's the that's the common thread with all that. I want to like know how all these things work, mm-hmm. all the inner workings of the food process, of the mechanical process, right. of the lightsaber, right? As well, you know, which like I said, I want to borrow from something that you had to scrap. Yeah, yeah, like the how this works, and yeah, definitely possibilities are endless mm-hmm. for how things work. It is a little bit of stretch with the pet things. I get that, but that's you know, probably the biggest stretch of it. Yeah. I just don't think I could do a pet show centric. Well, like I said, it, then it becomes it's dog whisperer, but with rancors. 
and then it's Dog Whisperer, but with Tauntauns. Oh, do you have one for me? So along those lines, I would say something about droids. Oh, totally. But, hear me out, it's all about Jawas. It's like... Jawas are the host. Yes. Their whole thing revolves around the, you know, the droids and like fixing them up, finding them in the desert and fixing them up. Jawas, though, it's like all hardware-based. Like the software stuff is not going to be talked about in your show. No, programming and stuff, no. No, this is all about putting like broken parts. It's like, this is... This is Jawas with, like, here's the pieces we found. We're going to show you. We're going to, like, teach you. Like, if you had these same pieces at home, here's the droid you can make with it. Droids. Because that's what we see. Most of what they have on that thing, that seems appears it's like they have a whole fuck ton of droids the first time we see inside that sand crawler. You know, that oh, seems no, to be their main the business there. Yeah, that's their, their droid dealers. They go around and they fix, they, they uh, flip if, droids. That's and, essentially and what they're been, doing. They flip droids. And this has been uh, already talked about a lot on the internet. But what if it is like, ugh, they're slave traders? Put a pin in that. Is that put a pin for tonight or is that put a pin for later on in the show? In the, in the series tonight. tonight tonight okay that's a perfect lead in then why don't we get a little break we'll come back i'm gonna let oklahoma slow play it though we don't need to come back exactly with that moment but remember that we're gonna put a pin in that and that's gonna get discussed later all right soup's on people Welcome back. Pretty suspenseful back end. We don't have to get into it right now. Oklahoma, though, why don't you set up so we can uh, complete that thought? So I actually leaned into the idea of kind of things that were a bigger umbrella channel. And I went with just sports. And then I went with history. So my thought for, for this week was PBS. Okay. PBS would allow you to do a lot of different stuff. That's mm-hmm. why I thought, like, there's so much stuff that's on PBS. You can do all kinds of arts and culture stuff. You can do all kinds of, like, learning and science. Like, you know, they've got, like, Nova, and they've got, like, the, all the Ken Burns documentaries and stuff. So there's, like, a whole education or uh, informational aspect right. to it. And then there's also, like, the kids' educational stuff. You got fucking Sesame Street. So I felt like there's a lot of, you know, Reading Rainbow, you know, all that kind of shit. There's there's a lot of, like, things that fall under that umbrella that, like, this is what would show up on PBS. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking BBC America channel, that used to be what was on, like, Saturday nights on, right. <laughs> on, on PBS. Saturday nights on PBS or something. I was one of, there was a day of the week where it was, like, BBC day, you know, and they would show right. stuff from the BBC, you know. So I feel like that gives you a lot of avenues. And speaking of Ken Burns' documentary... I want to see one about the history of droids. So, Ken Burns style? A Ken Burns style documentary about the history of droids. And that's what would go into this thing of like, where are droids on the scale? You know? And I actually, I do appreciate that there's been a little bit of uh, dressing. They address it a little bit in the Han Solo thing. And that was my original thought. When we did the first iteration of this podcast, and we, we've mentioned we had a Star Wars episode where we yeah. had a lot of these ideas. And one of the ones I, but we were just pitching, like, what would the next spinoff movie you would you would want to see be? You mm. know, like Solo or Rogue One. And I had said I wanted to see one about, like, a prequel to Solo with Lando and the droid. Because I think there's, like, she leads a little slave rebellion Right. There in the movie. And I thought, like, there's some real interesting stuff to go into, you know, there right. with what is the role of droids. 
their property. Right. But they also talk to them like friends. But then sometimes they kind of like talk a little bit down to them like they're pets. Mm. Like there's there's times where like R2-D2 is a person, treated like a person. And there's times where he's treated like a really faithful and like smart, like Lassie. He's treated, <laughs> R2 gets treated like Lassie sometimes. But then he's also technically property. But I feel you know? like if the, the, the premise is Ken Burns documentary uh-huh. style, I feel like there's going to be like a Ken Burns jazz where it's like mentioned about like Louis Armstrong, Billy Holiday. They were playing these clubs, but they weren't allowed to stay in the hotel. Um, but it isn't like the focal point that, hey, we as droids have been fucked with and we're sentient beings and all the kind of uh, mucky moral ground that goes on with all that. Well, I wasn't comparing it one-to-one to jazz. I was saying if Ken Burns made a documentary about the history of like civil rights, but it's droids, that's kind of what I'm picturing. Like a documentary that would explain where we are now and how we got there in terms of like, where's the droids rights, you know, needle, where do they rate on being people the way you would maybe you would do, you could do one, you know, starting with slavery and working your way through the civil rights era and Martin Luther King and everything as a documentary that would try to explain like okay here's all the context leading up to where are we now with race relations it would would be be, where are we now with with droid relations yeah but it would be explaining it would be ken burns explaining the history like well here's everything you need to know about the history of droids and where they fit into society the jawas would be about how do droids work the pbs channel at ken burns documentary you could do a thing of like what has the droids experience been and there would be this kind of thing of analogous like if you if you think about it the jawa to a droid you know that jawa ship that's a little bit of a slave traders yeah, ship for you know sure. For sure. Um, and so it would kind of go into that the way, way you would, if you were making a Ken Burns documentary specifically on that subject, on slavery and civil rights and stuff, but for droids. So I think there's something really interesting there. The only, I mean, that's what a lot of sci-fi does uh, allow you to do, you know, is to be this kind of metaphoric way of approaching things. You know, you, you go you go into like a big issue and people, you know, they put up their, you say, we're going to talk about race. People are like, shields up. Like everyone's on the defensive because no one wants to be, like on Key and Peele, they said, you know, the one thing you can call a white person that like a racial slur is calling them racist you know but it with any big issue people people go in and everyone's got their preconceived notions and there and and everyone's kind of on edge um but sci-fi has often been used in the past as a way to kind of approach issues through this what if lens and you do have this kind of parallel and you know droid with droids where they are property quite literally um they are sometimes they're treated as second class citizens droids aren't allowed in this bar you know they have to wait outside sometimes they're treated like friends but like i said r2 is sometimes treated almost kind of like like a like a really smart pet like lassie uh c3po he's 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 a buddy he's part of the gang but he's also the help so he's also kind of talked down to a little bit sometimes. And it's interesting, too, because you have the situation where, like, these are different things that have... And, there, you know, there was overlap depending on what time frame we're talking about or where particularly you were. These are different phases of things that, that black people have had to live with. And it's interesting because droids create this microcosm because they're experiencing all of this all at once, kind of all 
at the same time. So it, it creates this little way of going into all these different stages and issues all at the same time. But then I also want to mention there's a there's another whole other layer here too as well that I think is really interesting with droids. Um, and I mentioned this like again to bring up the uh, old iteration of the podcast for reasons we won't go into. We were talking about Blade Runner and I mentioned the really interesting thing I wanted to see explored more with Blade Runner. We have all these existential questions about you know and we have all these different beliefs and everyone's got their different ideas and theories about where we came from, why we're here, and all of that type of stuff. You know, is there a creator and when for what purpose did they make us? And there's a really interesting thing when you think about it with droids where you can kind of look at this question from the other side of they know. You know, they can point to a history book and be like, here's the first droid. Here's the first, you know, thing that's not just a robotic mechanism, but is actually a free-thinking droid. AI, fully sentient, the way C-3PO or R2 are. They can point to the people who, like, they were the ones that cracked the code. They're the ones that figured out the AI. These are the people, and this is the time, and this was the, the right pinpoint in history where you were made... And they know for what purpose. R2 is an astromech droid. He serves a particular purpose. He works, you know, in functions. His point is to be in that uh, X-Wing and be doing the stuff he does. C-3PO, he's a protocol droid. He has a specific purpose. He knows why he's here. He knows. And so there's these interesting questions from the other side of it where we're always thinking like, well, okay, why are we here? What is the point? With the droids, you think about the thing of like, okay, what if you did know? And then does that ultimately define you? There's these interesting questions of, can C-3PO be more than just a protocol droid? That's what he was designed to be by the creators. But as a sentient being, as an AI with full sentience, does that fully define him? I mean, is there, can he be more than that? So there's interesting questions there. And then to bring it back around, kind of tying back into that social issues kind of thing, imagine, you know, these people, the humans, biological beings, they're your creators. They are, they might not be the specific one that created it, but I mean, shit, think about C-3PO. Anakin built him. So, I mean, he was around his creator. You know, he's around his creator's son. Being around Luke is kind of like being around Jesus for him, if you follow the Christian theology. Imagine being around the gods, the people who made you, the race of beings that were responsible for your creation and knowing that and then having this treatment of like, some of them are nice to you, some of them hate you, sometimes they talk down to you, sometimes they treat you as property, sometimes they treat you as their friend, sometimes they help. Imagine getting all that from God. There's a lot of really interesting things and questions you can go into and explore there and so that's why that was one. I tried to fit it into history and, and that's why I'm squeezing it in here because I think right away when we first mentioned the Star Wars thing the first time, that was one of the first things that popped into my mind was like, dude, there's some really interesting shit that can be explored and, and several different layers uh, with droids. So that's that's why I wanted that. That's just but one what thing are you some other it. programming that... Now, this is another idea I'm bringing back from something I wanted to see the first time we did this this topic. But, you know, like I said, you have a lot of different type of educational and informative content on PBS and stuff. And sometimes you would it's have... It's a catch-all night. We don't need to make excuses. I want to see, like, a series... That would be kind of sociology, anthropology kind of thing. Like different, going into different kind of native cultures. Kind of almost, almost imagine if you had like a show on PBS and maybe there's, I don't know. But this is, I think this is something that we could fall under PBS. And it would be like each episode would be kind of exploring a different indigenous kind of culture. Kind of like a, you know, you'd have a, an episode about Inuits. You know, you'd have an episode about Aborigines. See, I was specifically thinking about some of the species that are not... Some of the species that are clearly sentient, they're clearly people, 
but they are kind of like not quite treated the same. You gonna go more towards the Tuscan tribe stuff. Yes. Cool. Them, I was thinking like Jawas, like all the races that we like, there's races that are like the characters and they have dial regular dialogue, they speak in English and stuff, or even sometimes not, but like Chewbacca. Like there's a difference in how we look at Chewbacca versus how we look at like the Jawas in terms of like, he flies a spaceship there, but even though they're like these the great mechanics, you kind of, people, viewers, I feel like, kind of look at them and they're like, oh, funny little dudes. You he know, to be on your list then. That's the main idea I wanted to recycle. <laughs> that's why we're here. He that's walks. how we got here. He walks. Because my original idea was, as like a spinoff oh, yeah. movie, I want to see like a, a Margaret Mead documentary, you know, about oh. Ewoks, the way that like, you would be like analyzing Isn't like the. the that's the half. No, n- half is Nature Channel. Splitting this is hairs a little bit. Now, wait a minute. The Ewoks are not advanced. Like, Wookiees, they fly starships. They have guns. But Ewoks are not animals. Ewoks are people. They are sentient. They're just they're just a not as uh, technologically developed. And what's the difference between that and the Tuscans? Nothing. That's why I'm saying the Ewoks would go in with this, not Nature Channel. Oh, I got you. Like, Nature Channel suggests more like Tauntauns and, and Rancors and, and, and yeah, things. Yeah. That's what you would see on Nature Channel, and putting Ewoks in with that is a little bit like going like, oh, look at these savage creatures. No, right. these are, you can't go to the pygmies of the Congo and blow. Look at these savage animals living their weird life. Like, no, those are people. They just aren't living the same life you are. Hey, all so, I'm going to say about Ewoks, like, if you look at the fucking scorecard, they're effective as fuck. Oh, they fuck. Up those <laughs> guys. Up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think that would this would be an interesting place to put them in because A, I do want to see more of who doesn't want to see more of Ewoks? They're great. And I want to see more of like what their culture is. But then I thought of this really interesting twist. So they live in like trees, tree houses and stuff. They're very still very close to nature of the forest and everything, right? You know? When we see the Wookiee planets, they live in tree houses. They still live up in the trees. They have kind of a very close to nature kind of lifestyle. But they also, you know, have advanced technology and can fly spaceships and shit, you know? It's clearly not weird, like, that Chewie can... can't fly. Although there was an argument made of, like, how the fuck did they figure out that goddamn speeder so quickly? Like, they're fucking pretty good at technology, yeah, actually. that's what I'm saying. They just don't have it. It's, yeah. like I said, it is a little bit of that, like, going to a First Nations people. Like, it's a little bit of, like, looking at how the Aborigines live. It's like right. it's not like the Aborigines couldn't figure out how to drive a car and ride. I mean, plenty of them do. But, you know, and it's like they could do anything we could do. It's They're just choosing not to. Or just haven't had the resources. The resources to, to the access to it. And so they just haven't gone that way. Right. And I feel like there's a connection there between, so, between Wookiees and the Ewoks in that of where it's like Wookie, I feel like Wookiees could kind of look at Ewoks and say here's where we were 100 years ago 200 well more than 100 100 years our time scale maybe 200 300 years like you know you could have this thing of Wookiees looking at Ewoks and like really analyzing like where are we as a society right now you know, looking at this society that's where we were, you know, not that long ago. 200, well, I mean, and again, for their lifespans, it would be more, but it would be comparable to us saying, like, here's where we are now. We're driving our cars around. 200 years ago, we sure. were we were hunting elk and trying uh, to tame the wilderness. I am You know, curious. and I feel like Ewoks are kind of, like, there. Ewoks are kind of, like, pre-autumn. They have, they hunt with bows still. They don't have guns. They're, They're pre-firearms. They're issues. Exactly. And I think with this, there is a really interesting thing. I mean, for, first off, who just doesn't want to like learn about you know 
these cultures. Like, who doesn't see these things and kind of go, huh, those characters have some kind of interesting things going on. Those people have some interesting thing. And, like, you know, like, we saw, like, on, um, especially I'm thinking of these three because, you know, of course, Ewok's famous. And then with the Tuscans and with the Jawas, you know, we recently saw them getting a little bit more into them with Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. And I, you know, naturally, I was just curious. I was just like, I want to know more. What's up with their uh, their customs? How did that come about? And there's, there's a lot of, you know, things in Star Wars where you could do that with where you're seeing, you know, like, you could go into the Wookiees. You could go in to, to all these different cultures. But that, so some of that goes in a little more in some a direction, I'll, a direction I'll talk about in a minute. This, I, the reason I want to do one that's really kind of from this anthropological approach is because, again, it does this interesting thing, like I said, with the droids, of being able to get into kind of things from a different angle. And this is why I want to include the Wookiee thing with the Ewoks, because the Ewoks are a little more isolated when we meet them. But, like, particularly with, I was thinking about with the Jawas and, uh, and with the Tuscans, they interact with people who are part of the, there's this whole, you know, the most of the characters we meet, they're part of this whole galactic society. They all kind of understand each other, speak the same language. You know, there's differences from planet to planet, but there's kind of a, a galactic culture they're all kind of part of. Assimilated into is not the right, quite the right word, but they're all, they're all part of this, what we would think of as the global culture. They all are part of the global society. But like the Tuscans and the Jawas there and then and the Ewoks, they're kinda on the outside of that. And then like the the Jawas, they interact with people. They're out there selling the droids to to people, but they're also kind of out there on the edge. So it provides this way to kind of look at that galactic society, look at what that kind of main culture is from the side and kind of get a different view of it. Like, what is the Jawas impression of all this, you know, rebels and Imperials and the Jedi and all this shit, you know, for people who are kind of not quite fully in it, who are kind of have this outsider perspective. So I think there's something really interesting you can get into there, and then you can get into with, by having the Wookiees make the documentary about the Ewoks, you can kind of have them reflecting on that. Because you, because like I said, the Ewoks, we haven't seen them except for that first experience in Return of the Jedi, interacting much with the with the galactic culture. But the Wookiees could kind of make that comparison by being the ones making the documentary and comparing it to themselves. Plus, I just think it would be fucking hilarious. I really want to see this thing. <laughs> I want it to be in Wookiee. I want it to be, have a narrator, David Attenborough-style narrator, but talking in Wookiee, and then with English subtitles underneath, translating the Wookiee, and then when the Ewoks talk, there'd be subtitles in Wookiee of what the Ewoks are saying, translating the Ewok to Wookiee, and then subtitles under that, translating the Wookiee subtitles to English. That, to me, uh, I think is, is, very, very funny and amusing, and so I want to see that. Uh, but that's why that was another big one for me that I really wanted to work in. I still don't know why, though, this can't be a documentary network. With what you've described so far with the Ken Burns and this, what, what is the PBS? Well, because I also want to bring the in... the third one here? So what, PBS, what else we got? I don't really have a strong idea for the... Because there's basically kind of like three aspects of PBS. You've got the informative aspect. Like I said, you know, they got the Ken Burns stuff. They got Nova. They got stuff where it's like... This is documentaries. I didn't really come up with a strong idea for what for what I'd want with the kids' education other than just, it's Sesame Street, but with Star Wars characters. Actually, um, can, can we do a little aside for a second? Because I just had my braid from reading Rainbow. Whenever the kids are, like, explaining the story, then they have the little, like, whatever sign-off and dun-dun-dun. Having that in the Star Wars universe of different kids' stories. <laughs> of different aliens. Different alien kids. <laughs> 
You don't have to take my word for it. You know, that would be amazing. That would be awesome. I would watch that for ages. But I also think there's a lot of things you could do with the arts and culture aspect. That would be really interesting. Well, actually, the first thing I went to with that is um, the opera that Palpatine That's and Skywalker. Exactly. We saw that they have, like, operas. They have operas. I want to see yeah. that opera, just not, like, in the background of a scene. I want to see, like, that whole opera. That thing. What are, what are what's, the operas that are in the Star Wars? What's with all the bubbles? And exactly. What's, what's going on there? Well, I, think zero, that... I think that's zero-G freestyle swimming, but callback. You know, and you could have you know, dramatic plays. Like, what's their Shakespeare in the Star Wars world? What's the art? Like, going, you know, seeing, like, what is the, you know, museums uh, doing tours of those kind of things? Or like a, or, or talking about, you know, the fine arts kind of thing. That's something I think PBS can kind of go into. You know, that, that kind of cultural stuff. So you can approach it. You have that aspect of it. Like, what are what are the, the classics? What are the, the really big pieces, the really uh, important things in their development of their arts and culture things? You can kind of look at that because PBS does a lot of that. I think that'd be really interesting. I mean, who doesn't want to see an opera about fucking Jedis? And then I think you could also have like a more casual thing. Like I was saying with the anthropology thing, there's also all these other cultures that wouldn't really fit into that aspect of being kind of the outsider cultures. They're just the different, you know, kind of local flavor. Like, you know, you go to, you know, Spain. Spain is part of the global culture. Spain is not an outsider. But, you know, there's there's different stuff you're going to find if you go to Barcelona versus going to Paris, going to to um, Vancouver, going to New York. You know, there's there's local style, local flavor. Um, and so you could have kind of like, you know, almost like a Rick Steves Europe kind of thing where you have, you have programs about different places in the Star Wars universe that are fully integrated into the culture, but also have their, you know, their local culture. And you could go into some of that. Like what is, if you go to Naboo, what are kind of the things that are the specific to them in terms of like their particular, like what's the music? Music scene, you know, what kind of, you know, what's the local cuisine like? get into that like what's the what's some of the local art what's the things you know like I, like you would go to different cities and there's there's different kind of styles and different things you know and obviously different you know cultural things that have you know been kept up and you could go into a lot of that and I think that'd really be interesting a fun thing to explore in the Star Wars universe of you know seeing all the different kind of arts and culture and, and local flavor you get into like local artisan stuff local craftsmanship kind of traditions that are particular to certain regions certain planets I think there's just a lot of a lot of interesting stuff because i mean think about how much diversity there is even when we have this global culture there's still a lot of diversity when you travel around and see different places imagine having a whole galaxy of that or you could really just let the imagination go wild so i think that's also something that would be a lot of fun to do to really get into you know you could get into the high culture like I, we talked about with the opera but you can also just get into the local culture thing all over this galaxy um and that's that's kind of why pbs is uh like I said, I, I tend to work backwards and start with kind of and work towards my strongest idea as we go through the season. And that's why PBS is uh, my second strongest one. I feel I've got on this. I've got one I like. I'm really excited for. Devotees will not be surprised when they hear it next week. But but I also thought PBS was a was a really really good opportunity to do a lot of really different interesting stuff. So why couldn't that have? And actually, I think is a better placement for the lightsaber thing. PBS, I guess, yeah. Within that context, it seems like PBS would be a much more apt because as well, it's a little bit like, I, I don't know, I, 
I don't know why I want to say like hoity-toity, but like a little bit more intellectually, like professors watching it and stuff like that. And that seems like a better audience for the lightsaber thing. Well, and there is the aspect when you're talking about the how-to channel, there is this aspect of most people, you know, aren't going to have a lightsaber. You got to be a Jedi. You know, that was really the thing and where it's like, like I was really tentative to try to include it yeah. on my channel because it's like because if you have it on the DIY channel, definitely. it's like people aren't gonna sit; they can't sit down. I mean, you might be interested in learning, like here's how they make it, but it's not gonna be a DIY thing, like where you're gonna like follow along, like with the you know talk about this Amy Sedaris character. It could be literally like someone could be like, oh, you're watching an episode of her show and be like, oh. I have a, a T-37 speeder. I, that's what I have. So, and then she'd be showing how to fix it up. And you'd be like, I can do this. You could go out to your garage and use what you learned. None of the people who watch this show are going to go out and build their lightsaber. So it's more like a, yeah. more like a, you know, a informational documentary thing. Where Intellectual it's like, pursuit. You, yeah, it's, it's more like, have you ever wondered how they make this? You're not going to make it, but you're interested in like, how does it get made? How do they make jet engines? You're not going to build your own jet engine. But you might be interested in seeing what goes into building a jet engine. The feel, I think, from the DIY thing that, you know, it's weird to phrase it at this, so I didn't want to say it, but it's like blue collar. We're talking blue collar shit here. We're talking like how to take care of your horses, how to take care of your car, how to fucking cook up on your fucking grill. You know, like these are all very blue collar pursuits, whereas it's a little bit more of a white collar, the uh, lightsaber and stuff like that. Well, it's more that the lightsaber is like a specialized thing. Yeah. Like that's why I compared it to a jet engine. It doesn't matter whether you're blue collar or white collar. You're probably not going to have your own personal jet engine. Like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to get right, the parts and what are you going right. to do with it when you're done? Right. You know, that's like, it's for a specialized field. Jet engines are built to go on airplanes and not many people build their own airplanes, especially ones with jet engines. You know, so it's it's less that it's like a blue collar versus white collar thing and more that it's like a lightsaber is a very specific tool of the job of Jedi. I, I'm you just know. saying a show that's just an interest within that field. I always felt that it wasn't a good fit within the DIY channel that I was talking about because mm. I always felt that is more of a blue collar thing. It, however you want to describe it, like specialized or all those kind of things, like push come to shove. Yeah, like you said, most of them haven't seen a lightsaber. They don't know how it works. They don't have to work on them. They have no prior experience. It's it's like more of a like intellectual pursuit where it's like the best sword that's out there. You know, and you can talk, you can have these swordsmiths talk up and down, left and right about it. But they're in a very small minority specialized. It's not a day-to-day -day consideration of someone just walking around the universe. It's these very, you know, niche audience that actually have that interest within that thing i'm not going to say that blue collar people can't be interested in in things beyond like daily survival i think that's a little bit of an assumption that blue collar is a pejorative term how dare you well you were the one saying that they don't have intellectual curiosity and like they'd be like a lightsaber <sighs> i don't give a shit about that ain't that ain't gonna dig me a ditch I mean, what do i care intellectual curiosity is that like it's an intellectual pursuit talking about a lightsaber just as it's a intellectual pursuit thinking about a crucible sword right you know? i'm just saying i i'm not going to account for what blue collar people do in their own like you're some, not going to account for them because again you're making the mistake that this that that i'm named for the state of oklahoma or that it's named for me it's completely unrelated pure coincidence but it's also named for me look at you for example you're you're saying 
You complain that you don't get to talk, so I'm letting you talk. I have never complained. You did. I don't get to you talk. you specifically said you feel like I interrupt you all the time, and you're always having to be very patient. In your ex- no, again, like I, I no, sure. No. I just want someone to make fun of. I'm not. Like, if you want to Hank Kingsley, like... You you put these fucking things together. You want kudos for, for having, like, actually listened to me in a conversation and not just talked over me? That's what you're saying right now? You want that to be recognized? Do you want a gold star? That only goes so far, though, because... Then why are you fighting me so hard with it? I'm not fighting you so hard with the thing. Here's what's happening. You have an idea about a thing, and I'm trying to respond with thoughts about where that goes. And you keep wanting to prove your that your original statement trumps whatever I'm saying. And I'm just trying to say, here's my here's my understanding of things. You're saying, here's what I think. And I'm saying, well, here's what I think. And you keep going to go, but no, what I think. Why don't you think what I think? That's, that's what the conversation is happening. Podcast is Gadzooks and Nerd Production. That's Gadzooks, G A D Z double O K S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow. M E O W. If you like the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F I E L D S. Nerd Scurial Podcast and its contents are, except for the Steel Joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks and Nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except, of course, for the Steel Joke joke. Or we'll have a big crack on you. Any works, products, concepts, or otherwise, Intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and, and I'm just trying to mentioned or discussed to. in the Nerd Obscurial like podcast are done so under fair use for purposes of commentary critique and obviously comedy. So please don't like, sue like us because we can't actually sick big pretzel on anyone. I mean, the views, like, ideas, okay, opinions, like, and beliefs like expressed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast are solely those of its creator and your esteemed host, Eric Troubadour, and do not represent the views, opinions, or beliefs of any individual entity named or referenced in this podcast, including, but not limited to, Stevie Wonder, Leonard Nimoy, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent company, The Buggles, me, the Oklahoma Kid, Food Network and its parent company, Jordan Peele, Jim Gaffigan, my wife and her parent company, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet. Hail Cthulhu. Hey folks, this is the Troubadour here, coming back because uh, I don't know how things devolved into this, and there's a lot of bickering that's going to be going on in the background, and I couldn't remember, I had had a little bit to drink, so I couldn't remember if we were talking about my outro when we were yelling at each other here, or we were still doing uh, Oklahoma. Was part of the list. But we're going to have this be like, my okay, outro for the night because I won this. the lightning round. You know, like I guess I wanted to uh, like have that be an opportunity because, you know, me and Troubadour, me and Cat Noise, Cat Noise, Cat Noise, me and Oklahoma have been friends a long time. And yeah, we have these little bigger sessions sometimes. And I was just kind of thinking today about what that means. And, you know, at the time I felt really bad and I didn't feel like I was being understood and I didn't feel like he didn't definitely didn't we're feel like he was being understood and that probably led to more bickering than actual resolution and also 
it, it's never a nice thing to feel like you're arguing with somebody. I'm not one who enjoys those things. I don't understand the people who get off on rage and yelling and being angry. Uh, I, I want to be away from anger as much as possible. But I think it is important, and looking at my relationship with Oklahoma, that we have these fights, but we always come back and we're always have each other's back and always love each other like brothers afterwards. And sometimes it's good. It's not necessarily, oh, this is a toxic relationship all the time. Yes, there are times where that is the case. But sometimes you need someone who's going to be challenging. You need someone who's going to be doing the difficult things and showing the things that you don't want to be seeing, talking about the stuff, making you feel like an asshole. Because when it comes down to it, you need to have that feeling in order to work on yourself and to become a better person and to try to move forward. And they need that too. And that's what a good, healthy relationship should be based on, of trying to make yourself the, the best person you can be and make the other person the best person they can be. So, in light of all that, now being a little bit more sober, not so argumentative, and uh, hopefully a little bit more coherent than what you hear in the background there. For whoever is out there listening, just want something I wanted to share. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Try to support us however you can, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Okay, thanks.